0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And uh, good morning
1: to you on a Friday of uh, the 5th of 5th and the 1st Friday of 2018, I guess, come to think of it. Uh, man, I drove to work and uh, the streets are like practically abandoned. And I realize that I I think part of it is what are all the schools closed down today? I mean are are even like colleges closed down? They don't do that. It's just the yeah the public schools. Um, and I I, I just I mean I I'm sorry, but I do have to say this. I've I've said this a million times in the last thirty five years, but I'm going to say it again. Um. If if the schools where I grew up <laughs> canceled classes or even had two-hour delays for the same reasons that they do around here, I'd still be in second grade, I think. I mean, you wouldn't have school in the winter. You just wouldn't. And um, since... Climate change seems to be suggesting that our winters are going to be more Arctic uh, as a result of the weakening of uh, whatever i guess I guess has to do with ice melt in the Arctic changing the um, the flow of the jet stream. And it used to stay north, blocking Arctic air. Well, it doesn't block it as well anymore, and so it's sa- it's sagging down into uh, into uh, southern regions, which uh, allows all the Arctic air to come rushing in to places that aren't particularly used to having it. This is the new normal, and I just want to say going to have to toughen up here, guys. Uh, it's just cold. <laughs> you got to... Th- there's stuff called clothes, um, you know, layers. You, you put them on and you... And I've heard one excuse, I'm hearing no sound. That might be his problem. Anybody else having a problem with sound? Um, and I, it just seems that I'm going to have to toughen up. The excuses I've heard since I've come here because the first time I was had had a radio show and um and I saw this happen where schools were closed because it was cold out. I was absolutely stunned. <laughs> Because I can never, ever, ever recall that happening in my life as a child, living in a more northern clime than this. And I, I was stunned that the schools were closed because it was cold. And oh man, the pushback I got when I said the kinds of things I'm saying now, and the pushback... Was things like uh, the little kids will freeze at the bus stop? Well, you know, little kids didn't freeze at the bus stops in uh, northern Minnesota and Wisconsin and the Dakotas and all of that. So, I mean, that's bullshit. Okay, uh, the buses won't start. Uh, how come buses start in International Falls, Minnesota? How come they start in uh, the upper uh, the upper Michigan? Uh, uh, you know, buses can start in cold weather. I assure you. And there are, I mean, when when this is the way the weather is, you um, there are ways of uh, ensuring that the buses will start. You know, keeping the engines warm. So it's bullshit, uh, guys. And um, there's there's no excuse because Pittsburgh, are people here less able to withstand cold is there something different in the i I mean it makes no sense and any of us from uh more difficult winter climates and stephen is as well from upstate new york right kind of uh yeah you didn't you didn't close schools You couldn't. I mean, it could be 25 below for, uh, you know, and maybe get a little bit of a heat spell up to uh, two, uh, you know, for a month or so. And what, so you don't go to school for a month? It's not a tenable uh, position. And I'm suggesting that the amount of schooling lost could be uh, substantial. This week alone, how much? There were two-hour delays, I think, all week, and now they've stopped altogether, given it up. So there was um, how many lost? It? Like sort of eight to eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, maybe sixteen hours of. Uh, that was off the top of my head, probably not right. Sixteen hours of lost uh, education here this week. That's nuts. Put on another sweater.
2: Okay, we got a call.
1: Hello. Hello. And
2: hey it's Mike DC, where it's five degrees.
1: All oh, right. Is everything closed down there too? I bet.
2: No, not really. We really? had a two-hour delay yesterday, but um, things, uh, snow scares people here more than the cold.
0: Yes. Yeah. But
2: I want to speak to the hardiness of Pittsburghers because when I was raised in Pittsburgh in 1970s and 80s, we went to school. There was never a two-hour delay, and Really? And we had three inches of snow. That this is a new phenomenon.
1: Oh, so this is start of this is a continuation of the wussification of America. Right. And it's probably of a child
2: centered universe. Yes. And it's probably the children are are
1: delicate creatures. And right. it's so oh, this is a result of helicopter parents, of uh yeah, of spoiled kids and here's the other element i'm willing to bet you. lawyers
2: yeah a lot of suits
1: If a little kid fell on the ice or got a you know got a bad cold or something i don't know i guess, what what are they it's insane that's all i have to say because this is the new normal uh it's why global warming was the wrong nomenclature uh st- starting out uh, climate change is the proper uh, nomenclature, and our win our summers are going to be hotter and more humid, and our winters are going to be more brutally cold.
2: That's it. So, and we walked. Schools were localized. Yeah. When I was a kid. So you walked to school. So I lived in Brooklyn, and I went to Carmel, that was you know half a mile away. I went to middle school that was a mile away, and we uh, walked. Yeah, there's me no too. standing at a bus stop getting cold. No, you Your walked. Your ass is warm walking. <laughs> I know, you walked. So there's also that whole, the world's not safe enough to send Johnny a quarter of a mile. I mean, oh, I mean, walked
1: A quarter of a mile, say. it's not safe to let him go a block by himself. You know, to see all the parents huddled at bus stops waiting for That's their hilarious. precious children to be, uh, you know, to be let off the buses, and then and then greeting them warmly and walking them the block or two home, and I see kids there like in second, third grade. What, what, my, boy, you know what? I have
2: to tell. And How them. embarrassing! I would beg my mother not to meet me at the bus stop if there were a bus stop. Do not uh, meet me. Yeah, or God do Almighty, don't me meet me. No,
1: and I gotta tell you, my mother wouldn't have met me. What nonsense! If there'd been a bus stop, I walked. I walked from yeah, first grade stop. on. Um, I mean, oh, and and you know this idea that there weren't uh, bad people around in the fifties and sixties, and oh yeah, there were. People just weren't scared to death by uh, media and. and um, and they, God, I don't know. This is, again, I just feel sorry for kids. They're making them into a bunch of wimps. And we're a bunch and of world
2: wimps. world-centered. And world-centered. Everything stops for a kid. Kids go to fancy restaurants. I, didn't, I never was at a restaurant when I was a kid. You know what I mean? It was a big deal to go to a restaurant. It, the whole world revolves around, what will the kids see on TV? You know, I think that's a big issue, too, is that when I was a kid, my parents' lives were not did not revolve around my after-school activities.
1: Exactly. They had their own lives. Exactly. Exactly. And I think we were uh, better, better off. Stephen is asking if when we walked to school, we walked uphill both ways.
2: <laughs> right. It, and I'm better off in the workforce because I went to work not expecting my <laughs> boss to swoon at every bright idea i had exactly like mommy and daddy did yeah
1: we i I really um when i became a mother at an old age um i was just stunned by my uh by the parents who were generally 20 years younger than me um and and how god they drove me nuts nuts because i I had the same parenting, uh, you know, approach as my parents did, which is laissez-faire. Let them, you know, clothe them, love them, feed them, <laughs> give them some direction, and let them go. And that's how you form a sense of self. That's how you learn to navigate the world. That's where you learn your place too. I don't know, unbelievable so, the wimpification watch, of America continues. A pace.
2: Do you watch Black Mirror? I,
1: I do, uh, I haven't watched it for a while. I hear this new season is looking pretty good. I'll have to check it out.
2: Cause there's an episode about that. Jody Foster directs it. And it's uh, pretty interesting. It's the exact same topic we're discussing.
1: Okay. We don't sound like two grumpy old people, do we?
2: <clears throat> I don't care. Okay. When I, wasn't <laughs> kid, I did said watch, like a grumpy I did watch old person.
1: Yeah, I did too. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah.
2: Right. Okay.
1: Thank you, Mike. Sure. Appreciate right. it. Bye. And uh do we have another call? Hello, caller. Hello, Lynn. Yeah.
0: This is Joe. Hey, um, when people start telling me about the cold in the mid seventies, I worked on the coal barges Ooh. on the river Ooh. in the gunnels, and one slip, you fall in the river, you're dead. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was cold like this, maybe even colder. So. Yeah. That, that cold stuff. Most of my working career, I worked outside, so I don't know. You have to get with it. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> but, but it, that, it's survivable.
1: You, it didn't kill you, right? So yeah, I was I was either. parked yesterday uh, near a construction site, and there were these guys, and they were working right near me when I got in my car. And I swear, they. I, at, at first I thought, oh, you poor guys having to work outside. And then I looked at them. They were laughing. They were. They were working. They were. It wasn't bugging them at all. Some of them had on nothing more than like a few hoodies and you know the right gloves. But if you're moving and working, you're you're fine. But it's cold. Yeah, it's,
0: <laughs> it's you cold. just have to dress. You know how you like it's you said. You got to dress. Dress.
1: Board. It's called clothing. It's pretty simple.
0: Uh, what I wanted to ask you though, this is off the subject. In Colorado, they said that. Since marijuana was legalized, now I don't care one way or the other; it uh-huh. doesn't bother me. But they said that traffic accidents when marijuana uh, influenced people have are up. gone up. Right. Deaths have gone up, and then California same thing. The state police and the police are saying that they see an increase of people yes, in talk you know yeah. influenced by marijuana. So I don't know if it's done anything good to legalize it because people always made the argument. If you legalize it, well, that, that, nothing will change. I thought it would. Well, but you I know, don't care
1: one way. I think we'll figure it out. Um, I think, um,
0: Maybe.
1: you know, driving under the influence, uh, can mean more than alcohol. And, you know, if in fact somebody is impaired on one substance or another, no, that should not be, that should not be legal. Um, and, uh, if people are impaired, I don't care what they're impaired on. I don't want them on the road. So, uh, no, marijuana. It, it, this is happening. Uh, no matter what Jefferson Bill Regard Sessions wants or not, it is. Right. This is happening. Forget about it. We're moving forward. Marijuana is no more akin to heroin and uh, any other opioids uh, than you know than baby aspirin and we've uh, most Americans know that so this is this is going forward if we have to f- figure out how to uh, deal with consequences of it fine we will uh, we'd be much safer if we uh, obviously abolished uh, you know alcohol uh, th- that's the killer much more than marijuana is in in every way and no one we tried that once I believe and that didn't right. go so well. That People want their substances. They want their mind altered on occasion. And who can blame them, given reality? But you know, whatever. I hear you. S- yep. Stay warm. Okay then. Stay warm.
0: Oh, you too. Bye.
1: Bye. And you know, in the um, uh, in the animal world. I remember doing an interview a long time ago with a psychopharmacologist and he'd written a book um, and he said that the way man, I use the term universally, the way man first figured out what plants to ingest to alter his consciousness was by observing animals. (laughs) Because animals like animals, a little respite from reality too. And it's the a- animals indulge in natural substances that uh, that make them feel better. And uh, it, it, it's, he argued, it is as sort of universal a desire, uh, even cross-species, uh, as there is, which is, a respite for your brain for a little bit to have a different perce- <coughs> a different perception, feel a different reality, whatever. And those who get, you know, uh, I mean, never mind. I don't know. I got so many emails here that I, I, I let me get to them. I'm a little I feel like my brain's frozen today. Uh, uh Ka- Catherine. Yeah, I grew up in Duluth, Minnesota. Well, there you go. And I, like you, never remember schools closing for cold weather. I talk to people here, and they just don't understand. I would have lost most of my education. It's true. We wouldn't have made, I mean, well, you would have lost the entire winter, practically, because it was always extremely cold in Duluth, Minnesota. Uh, I don't get it. Barbara says, good frigid morning to you. I went to a Catholic elementary school. I am your age in this area. And there was never a school closing that I can remember. Well, that's, see, that's, that's hearkening back to what Mike in D.C. said, who grew up here as well. This is a relatively recent phenomenon brought on by um, the wimpy parents that we have now, the wimpy, overprotective parents and lawyers, I guess. One nun, there were 54 in my first grade class and one nun, oh my God, oh my God, and we went off to school and waited at the bus stop after a few blocks walk to get to the bus in our dresses, yes, in our dresses and snow pants, and all the clothes and boots, etc., needed to keep you warm, and we carried a metal lunchbox. Imagine how cold that was. Well, you wouldn't want to put your tongue on it while you were waiting at the bus stop your metal lunchbox one nun getting us all undressed and dressed again to go home just one nun there were no aides, no moms no nothing god that poor woman uh well i also remember that i mean i think like when in fourth fifth sixth grade uh we girls got it in our heads that it was sissy, sissified to wear snow pants under our dresses And so I remember doing winter uh, with bare legs, uh, you know, like kids do, with bare legs. And how when I'd come home after walking home from school, my legs would be like bright red. I mean, and so cold to the touch, it was amazing. But guess what? We all survived. Uh, Oh, shut up. I was being asked on the whiteboard did I fight off saber toothed tigers on my <laughs> well you sometimes fought off bullies and stuff you did um, Roger says flipped on Fox this morning <laughs> well that begs a question Roger okay Never mind. Flipped on Fox this morning, and the main story was the big FBI investigation of the Clinton Foundation. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. All the other news channels are talking about the Wolf Book. By the way, which went on sale at 9 a.m. this morning. I can't imagine what bookstores. Is there a Barnes & Noble near you? It's probably mobbed. Talking about the Wolf Book and, and if Trump is fit for office. right? All my coworkers are over the moon about the Dow and their 401Ks. They say this never happens when Democrats are in charge. That is so... God. Wonder what channel they watch. Yeah. Didn't John Dean say that if Fox existed back in the day, Nixon would have survived? Yeah. 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 And it's the truth. Jesus Christ. Well... Okay uh dzz, mm, where should we go from here? I don't know here's some really good news that stephen smart ass Steven found. oh, you see you see Trump's Twitter name now for Bannon, by the way, sloppy Steve, <laughs> Jesus. oh God, help us all all right. Uh, bzz, 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 bzz. Andrew Cuomo, um, governor of the uh, great state of New York, uh, who is not a well-liked person, I want to say, but he keeps he keeps winning. Uh, but people hate his guts. I, I've never met anybody who likes this guy, and people who know him like I have an old friend who regularly butts heads with him because he's a a mover and shaker in New York politics himself and he said he has told me that Cuomo is as vile a human being <laughs> as you could but politically he sometimes is uh is out front and in in this regard he is because in his state of the state address uh Wednesday, uh, Cuomo outlined a package of criminal justice reforms, which is one of his, you know, priorities. And he is going to ask the state legislature to eliminate, get rid of forever, on a whole ton of crimes, cash. Bail. The reason being is cash bail is what keeps poor people in jail while people of means or access to means are enjoying freedom and their homes and their jobs while awaiting trial for whatever crime they have been alleged to commit. But if you're a poor person in this country, the way our system works is, despite the fact that we all crow about innocent until proven guilty, if you have been uh, charged with a crime, a judge places bail. Uh, a ca- okay, we'll let you go pending uh, trial uh, if you give us $5,000 or even even $500 or even two hundred dollars can be out of range of a lot of people and so in lieu of their ability to give the the money to buy their way out the door they languish in jail convicted of nothing every time i drive by our big uh Riverside prison here in in downtown Pittsburgh I look at I look at I feel I just my heart goes out because that place I am willing to bet you the majority of people in that jail have not been convicted I bet I don't know for a fact and I'd love to see the stats I bet the majority of Men and women stuck in cells in that god forsaken jail, are there for the crime of being poor i re- remember I loved Charles Dickens when I was a kid, and when i I read which one would I have been reading uh, I think it was Bleak House, though it could have been a lot of others where people, characters you just adored, but who were not rich, uh, would end up in prison, debtors' prison, unable to pay their debts. And consequently, they were jailed along with their families. And as a kid, an American kid, with my rosy ideas of this wonderful country I lived in, I remember thinking, how how unbelievably brutal Cruel unfair outrageous I and and I thought, well, you know, it was a hundred years ago and more and it was England and and so my sense of Dickensian England was of this cruel, cruel, cruel place, which it was. And guess what? We're Dickensian England now. We are no different at all. So I want to tip my hat to the loathsome Governor uh, Cuomo of New York State. He plans to outline the proposals, um, and and I hope, I don't know what the sense of his uh, legislature is, but he says, uh, for far too long, our antiquated criminal justice system has created a two-tier system, where outcomes depend purely on economic status, undermining the bedrock principle that one is innocent until proven guilty. Well, there. And also the bedrock principle of equal justice under the law, right? There is no... I know the ACLU is working very hard on this, and I I think a lot of people are. I think... Um, when people become aware of this, how they can argue for its continuation is, to me, uh, I, I mean, I, I I've never heard anybody argue, frankly, for its continuation. But then I hang with a crowd that wouldn't. But how would anybody? Bail bondsman, I guess. Uh. We aren't, you know, again, the child in me is constantly stunned when we fail to live up to this image we have of ourselves, uh, what we tell ourselves about why this country is great and why we pride ourselves on our criminal justice system. Um, I I read a little something today about how our worship of our Constitution, too, uh, is not going to stand up to scrutiny for long because this document in in many ways is as fusty an old document as one would expect of something written in the 1700s, right? And it bears no more resemblance to life now than if it had been written in the year 1000. Uh, things of the uh, Second Amendment being, uh, certainly one thing you would, uh, look at. But, and then that we have, and now the court, uh, the attempt to pack our court with justices who actually believe that that Constitution is absolutely in stone and is not a living document that changes with the time. I mean, how anyone could think that is. Mind-blowing to me. And and people who are supposedly extremely brilliant do, like Antonin Scalia, or did, like Antonin Scalia. Incredible. Okay, I'm told this is a great tweet. I'll be the judge of that. Uh, this has to do with uh, Jefferson Beauregard Sessions' intent to uh, get rid of the Obama policy of looking the other way when states legalize and or decriminalize and or whatever marijuana because the federal government still views it as uh, evil incarnate Uh, and certainly Jeff Sessions does and uh, here's a tweet is it this first one no I don't understand Jeff Sessions to end a policy that allowed legalized marriage. Promotion. So, I'm not getting it. No, I didn't get what you wanted me to get. I just got the whole. So, um, the interesting thing about the reaction to Sessions is that it is extremely bipartisan. And I'll give you a quote here, and this is from a uh, Republican. Senator in the great state of Pennsylvania, a guy named Mike Fulmer, who I'm sure uh, he and I would have very few things that we would agree upon, but his reaction to uh, Sessions' comments of yesterday regarding ending the policy on marijuana is, I'm a Republican, and I don't understand this. I think it's cruel. If you think this is going to make America safe, cut me a break. This decision is just dumb. Now, that's from you got to figure that's probably a conservative Republican in state legislature. Let me give you another. Uh bzz, 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 bzz. Senator Cory Gardner, Republican of Colorado, has threatened to retaliate uh, against Sessions and the Justice Department by holding up uh, appointments that require Senate approval. Um, Yeah, Republicans ain't happy about this. And I do have one other quote for you, which should send uh, chills running down your spine. This from the newly, he can't have been in office more than a week or two, right? The new uh, U.S. attorney for right here. Uh, a Trump appointee. He's our, this is the guy we got. And here is what he says about what Sessions did yesterday. And this is the U.S. attorney. So listen up. This is the guy charged with making sure federal law is uh, hewed to in western Pennsylvania. And this guy, Scott Brady, said this, This office will continue to deploy all prosecutorial tools at our disposal to protect the citizens of western Pennsylvania from those individuals and criminals who traffic in all illegal controlled substances including marijuana. So we got the U.S. attorney here on record as saying he's going. And let me tell you something else. I've smoked marijuana for 50 years. I have never been arrested. If I were a black man I doubt there are many black men who could make the statement I just made because when you look at arrests for marijuana possession it's just overwhelmingly black men that's how they get picked up put into the system and have their lives destroyed A upper middle class white woman like myself well I don't have to worry about such things and I don't and never did equal justice under the law. Keeping Jefferson Beauregard Sessions, of course, would love to keep marijuana as a class A horrible drug. Because it allows racists like him to continue to corral thousands upon thousands of black men and put them in jail where they can't vote, where they lose their rights to vote, where they can't get jobs, where they maybe learn how to be criminals, where families are broken up. It's got to stop. Got to stop. Blacks go to prison for marijuana. White people get rich. If you look at all the people who got the dispensaries and the and are going to be growing the medical stuff here, you know, it's rich white guys. And they're going to be dispensing pot. Ain't going to get, ain't going to get arrested. But some black kid standing on a corner, slipping a joint or two to somebody else can have his life ruined. And still does and still will because of the US attorney that the Trump administration has put in here. And it's obscene. It's as obscene as cash bail. And it is war on poor people and war on black people and people of color. There is no doubt about it. I've told a story about how I was finally busted. After 50 years, I got busted last year. And I was so, I was actually thrilled that I'd finally gotten busted. And I was busted by the Secret Service, which is, you know, you would think scary. I was going through security to get to a Hillary Clinton rally at the uh, convention center. And I'd forgotten that I had a little thing of pot in my purse. And out it came... They, they were rifling through my purse. I couldn't believe it. And I remember thinking, oh, God, my pot's in there. But, again, not worrying about it. And then he pulled it out. And then, unsmilingly, he walked it over to some cops and a Secret Service guy. And then, unsmilingly, they approached me with my pot, And you would think, right? I'm a you know, sixty plus year old uh, white woman, and you would think I would be a wreck, right? I don't think my blood pressure went up, even a tick. I was bemused. This is white privilege that allowed me this bemusement. Because if I were a black guy, I would have been, I'm sure, handcuffed by those cops. Instead, the cop came up to me and he said, What were you thinking? And I said, quite chipperly, I wasn't. I said, I forgot it was in there. You can keep it, I said with a smile. Well, keep it, of course, they did. And let me through. And I went in and was at the rally. And I... All it did was prove to me that my 50 years of saying, marijuana, like what? They're going to arrest me? Was true. Because of my pasty white skin and my social status and my socioeconomic status, I suggest, and maybe even my gender. I don't know. Or even my age. I don't know. But I wasn't a black kid. Oh. Chuck writes... To your earlier emailer, for those who say they never see their 401ks and the Dow perform like this under Democrats, they have short memories. Well, of course they do, but they don't, you know, listen, trying to, t- what, you're going to spew some facts at these people? Okay, go ahead. In the last year of George W. Bush's presidency, the Dow dropped from 14,000 down to 7,000. Wow, lost 50% of its value. During the Obama years, the Dow nearly tripled and was close to 20,000 when he left office. For those giving Trump credit for the 5,000 point jump last year, there is a big market correction coming. I agree with that. And so when this happens and your 401k takes a big hit, make sure you give credit to Trump for that. uh oh tony's reminding me of that gorilla channel i did you see this i i tweet i i retweeted it and i'm not sure tony i'm not sure where it was from, but it was unbelievable um and let me find it for you it's a joke this is it's been snoped. It's a parody Twitter account, thank so it's not, it's they only do jokes, thank it's you, fake it's fake news, oh shit, okay, okay, I thought it didn't seem right, yeah. but with Trump you're willing to believe anything, this was, a, this was a tweet that said, you know, he was pissed off because when he got into the White House he said there's no gorilla channel, where's the gorilla channel? And they raced around and put together a bunch of gorilla videos and it didn't make sense. Be careful when you read stuff you want to believe. And then I pass that on. I really like to think I don't do that. And oops. uh, Just because I wanted it to, uh, to be true. Have you ever found that tweet on the Colorado thing for me? You sent it again. Mm -mm. No, I'm not getting it. Okay, never mind. Doesn't matter. Unless, oh, there it is. You did send it. Sorry, guys. Okay, this is from a Colorado Senate Democrat. That's his. Okay. The tweet is we'll give Jeff Sessions our legal pot when he pries it from our warm extremely interesting to look at hands. I think I was expecting better than that. <laughs> Sorry. No big deal. Um Okay, something else I wanted to uh, talk about. Uh, while we're all uh, entranced with uh, the Wolf book and uh, all the detail and stories therein and reaction to, uh, the Trump uh, White House has continued to do things in the, his administration that are unprecedented and are damaging to our country. And again, we're distracted so much by the clown show that we fail to see that the clown and his cohort are continuing to erase every progressive move that the country has made in the last uh, 30 years. And this was, um, it did make the news, I guess, yesterday or the day before, but again, we're, it's not a sexy subject. But the Trump administration has, uh, again, reversed an Obama prohibition on offshore energy exploration uh, and opened up, for the first time in decades, I'm not sure how far back, all federal waters off all our coasts. All down that Atlantic coast uh, now, oil companies, natural gas drilling will be allowed. Uh, The thing is, is that this is an issue that is not so much partisan politically as it is geographically. And so no sooner had he said that, that this was happening, than a number of Republicans whose districts border on the ocean expressed their displeasure. I give you, for instance, the extremely conservative governor of Florida, Rick Scott, who said, quote, I have already asked to immediately meet with Secretary of the Interior Zinke to discuss the concerns I have with this plan and the crucial need to remove Florida (laughs) from consideration. My top priority is to ensure that Florida's natural resources are protected. So he ain't going to get anywhere with Zinke because it's Zinke's proposal that uh, we open up 90% of America's outer continental shelf. Essentially, well, pretty much all of it, for oil and gas leasing. The way it was under Obama... Is 94% of the continental shelf was off limits. Elections have consequences. So you got a lot of Republicans who represent districts and states that border on the ocean. Oceans. Right? And their constituents, by and large, even if they're Republicans, aren't Republicans on this issue because it's a little bit too close to home for them. They don't mind if oil companies go in to spoil somebody else's nearby property. <coughs> But doing it next to their beautiful beachfront homes, uh-uh, not. And so this is potentially, uh, while it obviously will harm the environment, will also put a lot of Republican incumbents um, in in a difficult position. They are going to have to... Um, Work against uh, their own party and its wishes and its servile, uh, servile uh, work for the uh, oil and gas companies. Um, not only Governor Scott from Florida, but here are a bunch of other Republican governors: the governor of Maryland. The governor of South Carolina. They too are on board and have joined Democratic governors from North Carolina and Virginia and Delaware in opposition to this. Uh, so, this is going to be um, interesting, I guess. Meanwhile, God help the little fish. And did you see it's so cold in, um, in Florida that it's raining iguanas? Did you see that? Uh, I guess iguanas that normally are just, you know, hanging out on a tree somewhere are freezing to death and, and dropping, they're just dropping out of the sky. So uh, right now you can, uh, if you're venturing out on a cold day in Florida today, you can uh, be hit by a falling iguana. Just saying. Uh, we have Trump's latest tweet. This might not be his latest tweet. Um, why am I even saying this? Fuck it. I, he's got to be. Um, he's got to be terrified if he's if he's able to understand what's happening right now he's he's gotta be and i would think that the kushners that would be ivanka and uh, jared are really terrified as would donald jr be because i i really do think the chances of uh these guys especially kushner donald jr and some of their minions ending up in federal prison to be a very high possibility. Incredible. Oh, that it can't happen soon enough! Um. Oh and uh Stephen sent me something about how the Republicans cannot do enough for the oil and gas industry. Sort of like the state of Pennsylvania. Man, we can't do enough for them either. We actually pay them to screw us. It's sort of it's a wonderful deal. But uh Republicans uh in Congress have allowed uh What? There's a tax on oil companies that generated hundreds of millions of dollars annually for federal oil... This is too complicated for me. I don't want to deal with it. Spoken like a true American. Yeah, 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 forget about it. You know... When I read about things going on in the Netherlands, because I do on occasion... I'm so blown away by how smart their government is and how humane the government is. And it's so alien to us. Our experience here, where I was with a friend last night whose, whose mother is dying and is trapped in the horror of how America healthcare does end of life. Being moved around from facility to facility, and the vultures picking the bones, up, taking every red cent they can from these families. Um, insisting that she not be allowed back into the place she's already paying $10,000 a month for because she has to be sent off to that place for rehab. Rehab? She had a uterine infection. <laughs> what, how do you get rehab for that? And, um, the litany of horrors that my friend was telling me about at, are known to anybody. Who has sat by the bedside of a loved one in their last months? We are a brutal and cruel nation because we have handed everything over to the capitalists to make money. So sick people are just looked at as money-making opportunities. Dying people are money-making opportunities. People from Highmark and other insurance companies call the relatives of dying people and saying, "Uh, we're calling in regard to, and there's your parent's name, "Uh, we understand that blah, 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 and we would like to offer you and." You're in a, I got to tell you. Then, there are things like... I was hearing today about how homeless single mothers... So, they're living in shelters with their children. Listen to this. In this country. And they're working two jobs. Imagine. This is America. You can work two jobs. To try to scramble enough money together to put a roof over you and your children's heads and two jobs doesn't do it. And so you work those two jobs and do you and there's no one you can't afford health care. I mean you can't afford health care. And you can't afford child care. So, who takes care of those kids when this poor, single, homeless mother goes out to try to make money? We provide no child care. We provide no health care. We provide no affordable educational opportunities we screw people left and right and leave everybody for the capitalists to pick their bones. That's why you look at a country like the Netherlands and you think, oh my God. You know, there are people there, they don't go to bed wondering who's going to take care of their children if they should get sick or if they were homeless. They aren't homeless! They're paid a living wage. And there's a safety net that if something happens, they're cared for. Their children are cared for. That is a civilized nation. I'm finding it increasingly difficult to love our country. I don't know what I'm loving anymore. I really don't know what I'm loving anymore. Because what I loved is proving more and more to be a lie. It's a lie. It is not... I see, okay. It is not... a nation with the kind of uh, values that I hold. It purports to be. But that's its mythology. In reality, we have a country of some extraordinarily super rich and then a whole bunch of people scrambling desperately to be one of them or not to fall into poverty. And then you have unbelievable millions living in poverty with no opportunity, next to no help. And we have an ethos which says, pick yourself up by the bootstraps. (laughs) What if they don't have boots? Well, I guess that's their problem, isn't it? The cruelty of this country as currently constituted is hard to love, is hard to respect, is hard to pledge allegiance to. It embarrasses me. It shames me me it shames us all i'm not even going to share with you this story that i got about netherlands because it is so far removed from anything we will ever have it's a nation that cares about the least of them it cares about the elderly it cares about the poor i've been there There aren't a bunch of lazy people sitting around either. They work. They work hard. They're industrious. They ride bikes. They're in better shape than we are. And as I said, they don't worry. I can't imagine. What do they worry about? What do they worry about? They don't have to worry about starving to death. They don't have to worry about becoming homeless. They don't have to worry whether their child can uh, get an education beyond a a primary education. They don't have to worry about who's going to care for their children while they work. They don't have to worry about whether they will have access to quality health care if they get sick. Because they live in a civilized nation. And we do not. So I'm taking a knee, and uh, I wish you all a good weekend. And I'll be back on Monday. Just put on another layer, okay? That's all.
0: Bye. Lynn Cullen live.